You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Hello, everybody. Welcome to session six. I love this session because I think that it is so normalizing around the challenges that come with being at a certain level in business, but also that just come with any stage in business. And I think it's just so helpful to hear, you know, what other people are kind of struggling with and to hear how even having a multiple seven figure business trade-offs still happening, mindset work still needing to be done. Like there are all of these things that I think that we feel like once I get to a certain level, I won't have to experience kind of. And I think this is a really beautiful episode in being like, nope, you'll probably experience different versions at different levels, but the real ticket is it doesn't have to hold you back. And I hope that that's the takeaway from this. Like you can still have to make trade-offs and you can still have to, you know, get excited about getting in action and you can still have, you know, different mindset wobbles come up and still have a multiple seven figure business. Like those things do not have to be the thing that holds you back, nor do you have to think that you have to be perfect to get there. Right? So I hope this episode just really demonstrates that for you. And I hope it gives you some amazing permission. And I hope it also reminds you that there is nothing really standing between where you are and where you want to be, except for letting yourself keep moving through the things and keep taking the action anyway. Okay. I'm ready to be annoyed. Hit me. Good, because I have many things to annoy you about today. I know. Okay, tell me. So on Friday or perhaps Saturday, Mm -hmm. whichever day it was, I decided to float something with my audience and tease them a little bit and said, if I put together a six-month mastermind for those of you scaling to six figures, who wants dibs? Mm -hmm. And I had about like 15 like super high-quality leads message. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. now I'm just like questioning everything again, (laughs) but, but I will counterbalance it with Tuesday was $154,000 day. So I feel like you can only beat me up a little bit and not that much. Okay. Well, I'm very proud of you. Congratulations. Thank you. How does that feel? Pretty bitchin. Right? Pretty bitchin. Okay. So listen, the lesson to all podcast listeners is you can be a hot fucking mess changing your mind and have a 154k day, right? Retweet. Amen. Okay, so so you can only be a little bit annoyed at me. Are you sure? I don't know if that's the if that's the rule. I'm pretty sure I can be fully annoyed. No, I'm kidding. So I want to talk about Sabrina being quote unquote annoying by circling back to the same thing. And I just want to say how sometimes that's exactly what coaching is for and that's okay. Like coaching is not, no matter how freaking much all of us would like for it to be that we talk about something one time, solve that problem and done. It never comes up again and like on to the next. Like that is not how our brains work. That's not how humans work. And sometimes the actual best thing that coaching can be for is being quote unquote annoying to your coach and bringing the same thing up over and over again until your brain lands on a place that feels good for it there. So. 
as surface level as like, oh, I'm being annoying can be, it's actually like really valuable, I think, to see that sometimes this is the stuff that coaching is made of and it's not always the sexiest stuff and it's not always the stuff where you're like, oh, I'm so glad that I used my coaching session for the same shit again. But honestly, sometimes it is truly the best and it's so important both as coach and client to not make that wrong because the truth is whether or not Sabrina brought that back up to me again, she was still going to be thinking about that again. So what purpose could it possibly serve her to be like, well, I'm going to be thinking about this, but I'm not allowed to get support around that because otherwise I would be being annoying. Like it would serve her no purpose except to make herself wrong. So, you know, again, both as coach and client, this is so helpful to see and to witness. It's like sometimes our brains circle around things that seem trivial. And sometimes we have to talk about them multiple times, but if you have that complete unconditional positive regard in your coaching container and if you're willing to just sit with whatever is coming up not only can you really create space for that but honestly you can move through it faster because instead of feeling like well i can't bring it up in coaching again you're able to just bring it up and move through it so i hope this is just really permission giving both from the coach and the client perspective okay so what 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 offer were you floating when you floated that like is that a thing that exists is that a thing that not doesn't exist is that you testing six months versus 12 like what what was that six months versus 12 okay so we're still talking accelerator we are what i will say though that i chewed on over the weekend is i do still think i could sell this as a 12 month but i think that i need to go more expensive and position it more like a mastermind in general or only if you want to do 12? I think either one, whether it's six months or 12 months, like what I've just kind of found, because like a lot of the people who reached out to me, I'm like, you should be in the six month version of Accelerator that I used to run years ago, Mm -hmm. which was 7,500 for six months. But I think that like people kind of think that they're like beyond a group program, Mm -hmm. even though like they're not. So like we just trick them and we call it a mastermind, but actually it's a very structured group program where they actually have to like, watch modules and do work and submit homework and projects and all of that shit. (laughs) But yeah, I've kind of realized that people don't want to be in a group program because they think that they're so fancy when really they're just like in a lot of credit card debt. Also, it's kind of the same shit. Mm -hmm. Like what's the difference really? It is, it is the same shit, but it's just positioning, right? It's just branding. Exactly. No, I totally agree. I mean, I don't know that we even call, do we ever call Accelerator a group program or do you think that that's just more the perception? I think it's the perception. So I think that like we, we should keep the name cause we trademarked it for sure. But I think like just the tagline being that it's like a high level mastermind for aspiring six figure entrepreneurs and just like in the language, calling it a mastermind. Agreed. Okay. I think would be so like, yeah, like six months versus 12 months, I feel like doesn't matter as much. So this is a great conversation on how positioning matters, right? So what is the difference, right, between a group program or a mastermind in our industry? In many regards, there isn't one, right? Now, in your business or your model, there might be a vast difference between those things. Maybe your group program has a ton of people and is relatively low touch, and your mastermind has fewer people and is relatively high touch. Like. That might be totally true, but in terms of the broader scale of our industry, 
there is not much differentiation between what it would be like to be in a group program or what it would be like to be in a mastermind. But I do think there is very much a belief that a mastermind is higher level or worthy of higher payment or whatever. And so it's just interesting to play with positioning and note these things because at the end of the day, it really is going to matter in terms of how you promote your program, how you sell it, how you name it, all of those things. So I just wanted to point that out. I'm not saying there's a right or wrong way to this, but I think both as a consumer and as a business owner, it's really helpful to see that like sometimes it's not actually like different than a group program if you call it a mastermind. But also I think that sometimes it really does make people feel different if you call it a mastermind. So one, it's great to keep that in mind as a business owner in terms of marketing, but two, it's also really great to keep that in mind as a consumer to think about which one serves you best and like really making sure the value is there not just in the name, but in what the experience in the program is actually going to be. So just something to play with. Positioning really matters. Thinking about how our industry is looking at and thinking about things matters. And it also matters to keep that in mind when you're buying. When I sold the Abundant AF Mastermind in 2020, it was 10K for six months. Bali Mastermind year one, I think was 18 or maybe 22 for a year. Mm -hmm. I don't know about that for this program. The other thing is I wanted this to be my scalable baby. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. but yeah. So I think like what's going to be different about this for millionaires, like we obviously can't do pods because then it's the same program. 100%. But I think that we could do group calls with me twice a month, plus the trainings that they receive that are live or even three times a month with me, plus the trainings. Okay. I thought we decided once a month with you, but you're changing that is what you're saying. Hmm. I think that if we position it more as a mastermind that we just need to beef it up, but that we can get the price point to match is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But then I also feel like I'm losing out on that kind of like all access feature that I had liked, but also I just really don't know. Yeah. I think that like, I mean, listen, I think that you could make great money doing this as like what you said, like add more calls with you, et cetera, et cetera. But I also think that like, that's sort of not the point of this program. I think millionaire serves that purpose. And so I think it's not that you couldn't make great money doing it, but I just don't know if it makes sense for like the model that you're trying to build. And I think that then you'll still feel like you're missing that offer in your business. Yeah. But I think you can still call it a mastermind. Like, I don't think there's anything like prohibitive there in terms of like being able to call it that. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like I have a lot of people in my audience who aren't quite ready for millionaire, but who feel like they're above accelerator, even though they're not. Mm -hmm. So I just feel like I need to like accelerator somehow to give the people what they want. What makes them feel like they're above it? Like, like in terms of like where they're at in terms of a lot of them have done it before. Mm -hmm. A lot of them have done it before. And so like they want to be in something like millionaire, but they're not quite ready for it yet. Also, I realized that I'm like a really cheap bitch comparatively Mm because there are these people who are paying like $2,500 to be in other people's sucky masterminds. And then it's like, why is my program that's $800 a month seem insane then? Who does it seem insane to? Uh, Yeah, I don't know. To me or just to people. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I'm having a mental breakdown today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't think it seems insane to anyone. I think if anything, maybe obviously to you and we could do a little bit of work there, but like totally agree. I mean, I think that 
I think it just depends on like how you want to run and position this. Like, I think there's a way to run and position it at the, whatever we want to do, like 800 to a thousand dollar a month mark where you're really positioning it as like actually the right price point for people at that level where you're positioning it as like, no one gives you more support than this, where it's kind of like the antithesis of all these other super high priced things. You know what I mean? Or I think you're kind of going to step more into that and kind of be more like, okay, we are going to be that high price thing. I don't think either is wrong, but I think where your brain is bouncing back and forth is you're trying to maybe nail both. And like, you just can't have both of those at the same time. I don't know. What? What comes up? I don't know. I was just thinking about the pep talk Paul was trying to give me today when I had the mental breakdown before the call. Mm-hmm. How'd that go? That was a good one. He did fine. <laughs> he did fine. Any, any insights that we can, we can use from Paul's pep talk? I had ordered a bunch of like fake money because I wanted to like record something with like money in a witch's hat for rich witch. Mm-hmm. And since this is the UK, I can only get pounds. I can't like go to the bank and take out dollars. So I ordered like fake US dollars off Amazon. And so Paul just started putting them all around the house for me to look at. And he, yeah, I thought that was cute, but also very annoying. And then he also said that like, I always get what I want and that it's terrifying for him because his life is basically in my hands. <laughs> and I was like, cool. <laughs> I don't know that that's the peppiest of pep talks, but I don't know that he's wrong either. So fair. It's okay. He did fine. Okay. So then what do you want? I have no fucking idea is the problem. Mm-hmm. That is the problem. Yeah. And I feel like every time I make a decision, I just redecide. Here's what the problem is. You don't know what you want. So instead of you diving into that, you keep trying to survey your audience for what they want. And then you make a decision based on that, but you don't actually get behind it because you haven't decided it's what you want. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like your, your work is to be like, what do you want? And then like go from there where like you're getting yourself messed up in the head as you keep asking them. What I know for sure is 12-month masterminds have always worked for me. Mm-hmm. And what do you know about what you want and what you like? I like that as well. I know that I like teaching a lot. I know that I like retreats and community and big programs, and I believe that they work. Why don't you just tell me what to do? <laughs> See, here's where you're going to be like, I have, but you didn't listen to me. Was that what you were going to say? Well, that too. That's a good, that actually wasn't what I was going to say, but too fucking Shay. Um, no, I was going to say like, that's just another outside thing telling you what you want though. And that's what you're, what's making you not stick to it. Like, because it's like, oh, Lucy told me to do this. Or my team says this, or like I surveyed six people in my audience that said this, right? Yeah. What are you doing? Drawing. Mm-hmm. I'm making doodles with my left hand. Okay, that's fair. I'm exercising the other side of my brain to see if any creative juices get flowing. You are welcome to do that. I just want to make sure you're not ignoring me. So you have to get back to what you want. Like that's the only answer to all of this that makes you stick to it. Yeah. So what's that? I have no idea. I don't believe you. I told you I was going to be annoying. I know, but I don't believe you. You don't have no idea. Give me a starting point. I want a program that has a lot of touch points and a lot of calls, not just like group calls twice a month. 
but like multiple calls per week type of community vibes. Mm -hmm. I want a program that people stay in for a long time and a good time. And I want it to be the best program on the market that if you join something else, people are like, wow, you're kind of stupid. Why would you do that? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want it to be like something that people like sign up for and they just kind of stay in until they graduate to millionaire. Mm -hmm. But I really hate the whole, like, let me see if this is going to work. I'm going to try really hard in my business for three whole months. Oh shit. I didn't make a hundred thousand dollars. It must not have worked. Mm -hmm. I really don't have patience for that in 2022 slash 23, which is also, I think why some of the resistance to the six month program, because the fact of the matter is most people aren't going to make it in six months. And it's not because the program doesn't work. It's because they don't work and they're going to spend the first four months freaking out with their mindset. And then finally do something like, Oh my God, I just had a 10 K month. I'm like, yeah, weird. Mm -hmm. The end. So what I hear you saying is like, you want the version of accelerator you already have. Yeah. Does that feel true? Or what is your brain saying? Yes, that feels true ish. True. It does feel true. Okay. So then like, I think what I don't like is that I feel like normally I feel like I make a decision and I get evidence kind of fed back to me that like, this is crazy, but crazy awesome. It's going to work. Whereas I feel like most of the feedback I'm getting right now is like, do it six months, make it higher priced, make it lower price, make it this, sell it in the funnel. And like, that's not really what I want. Where is all this feedback coming from? Humans, people, bitches. Uh Uh-huh. And how? In writing or verbally? I don't know. No, because you reach out to them and ask them. But some of it are like team members. Right. Because you ask them. Because isn't that what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to make them feel included. I think the problem is, is like, you know what you want the decision to be, but then you're crowdsourcing the decision that you already made and already know what you want. Yeah. And so then it's just causing a bunch of friction for you. It's not like you're actually asking because you don't know what to do. You do know what you want to do. Yeah. Okay. True or false? True. So I think this is a really helpful example that Sabrina is giving us of how important it is to come back to what you want and especially not to crowdsource a decision you've already made. I see this happen so often in clients. Like they know what they want and they've pretty much already made the decision, but then they're looking for external validation that that decision is correct versus coming back to the fact that it's correct because it's what they want and desire the most. Now, I'm not saying never ever do market research ever or never serve your audience or go based on what they need. Like obviously that's an incredibly smart business principle, but at the end of the day, like in Sabrina's case, she kind of knows that all these iterations of it work right? And she's tried it in different ways. So she has a lot of data to go off of and a lot of audience examples to go off of. But what she really has to come back to is the fact that she gets to pick which one of those she is going to enjoy the most and not try to crowdsource that decision because she already knows the answer. And that's what creates so much internal conflict for us sometimes is because we've pretty much already made the decision. We pretty much already know the answer. And then we go look for validation from it. And if we don't get that validation for it immediately, it will make us 
second guess our decision and like really start to spin and spiral again. So just wanting to point that out so that you can catch yourself in that if that's something you find yourself doing. Like, do you feel like you've already mostly made a decision but find yourself often trying to look for that external validation when really what you need to do is run at the decision you've made? This is a great checkpoint to be like, where am I doing that in my business and how can I keep coming back to what I want most? So this is just one of those ones where you get to pick, it gets to seem crazy and you just have to bolster your own belief about it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You don't know what else. I think you hate that. Tell me why you hate that. I just hate that I'm going to have to spend a lot of work fighting against the like quick win narrative. Yeah. Cause I think everyone wants like a three month or a six month program. Totally. So can that be fun though? Like, I feel like that's what you've been having fun with lately, like in CEO confessions and stuff like that is like your fun has been in like poking holes in all these things. Yeah, I guess. Hmm. Okay. So obviously coming back to kind of what we talked about last week, like regarding intentionally choosing trade-offs, this is an example of it. Like the trade-off is that she's going to have to fight the quick win narrative if she's going to go with this longer term program. But what I think is so important in normalizing here is that all of the decisions we make in business, no matter how successful our business is, will have trade-offs, right? And I want to keep illustrating that this season because I think one of the biggest mind fucks in our industry is this idea that once I get to a certain place in business, I won't have these challenges. And the truth is once you get to a certain place in business, you will still have these challenges. Everything comes with trade-offs, right? It's just what you can get better and better at is choosing them. So here she's really choosing like, hey, I want 12 months enough that it makes sense for me to go out and have this conversation about why the quick win narrative is so terrible in our industry. And like, she truly believes that. And so being willing to accept that as not only a trade-off, but something that can maybe start to feel so good that it doesn't even feel like a trade-off is huge, right? And so these are possibilities that are open to us. Like, yes, there is still a trade-off there, but what if we could just make that feel really good? What if instead of it feeling like a negative thing that I have to go fight the quick win narrative, it starts to feel like this really exciting thing that that's a conversation I get to have. So again, not every trade-off has to be negative or feel bad, but recognizing them and seeing them is really, really important. And I hope it just illustrates that like, we will have to tackle that at every level, but your opportunity is to get better at tackling that and to try to find the fun and joy and excitement and juiciness in that. Why are you grumpy? No, maybe if I had the sales page, I would feel not dead inside. Mm-hmm. I did task out the sales page last week, and then I freaked the fuck out because I was like, "Oh my god, what about the six month option?" I thought we already have a twelve month option sales page. Yes, but I wanted my other copywriter to redo it because I felt like the first one was a tad British. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I gave her that as a base to work off of. So like she has that copy and she's going to use that as a base, but she's not starting from scratch. Plus like she's written that sales page three times. Like she did the IMP accelerator, the six figure accelerator, the wealthy woman accelerator. Then we got a 12 month version. So like she has all of that and like she's written it. So she knows 
what to do. And she's been working with me for six years, but yeah. So is it tasked to her right now or did you pull it back? No, it's still tasked to her. I didn't pull it back and I'm getting it from her on Saturday because design people are going to start work on it the 16th and deliver it the 21st. So we will have it developed by end of month. Okay. So you were moving forward anyway. Yeah. So it seems to me like the, the mental breakdown is just in the fact that like you're decided on what you want. You're taking action toward that, but then you're just second guessing it the whole time. That's the real issue. It's not what should you include in the program. It's how do you stop making yourself insane? I really want to crack a joke about alcohol, but that's probably not funny when hundreds of other people are listening, huh? Probs. <laughs> we'll edit it out. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I think I just need to do it and just sell it because I'm sure I could. And that's what I told Paul when we went to dinner. I was like, I could just sell this in the DMs right now and make like 50K, but then I would piss off Lacey because I sold a six-month program, so I didn't. But I did DM some of them back, so I'll just sell them into the 12th month this week. How about that? Yeah, what if you just respond to them and be like, I've really thought about this. And like at the end of the day, I just don't think six months is going to serve you. Here's what's up. Okay. Yeah? Can do. I mean, listen, well, no, I don't even want to say that. I take it back. Never mind. Moving on. What were you going to say? I was going to say if you already started conversations, you could honor a few people at six months or something. But like, I think that that just gets messy and I take it back. Well, I didn't even get that far. Like I messaged them back like the second before this call started. (laughs) So I was like, give me an update. How you doing? So I think we're fine there. Okay. But Yeah. Okay. So your win is selling it. I think like the thing that's happening right now is just being in the back and forth. And so I think that, yeah, the sales page isn't going to be developed for a couple of weeks, but you don't need that. Yeah. You just need to start talking to people and being like, mm, actually, never mind. to six months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then see how that feels, right? Yeah. Let's do one right now. Do one what? Let's message one person right now. Let's just get in the flow. Well, I need to figure out my pitch first. Okay, let's do it. And say what? Say, so excited. You were interested in the six-month mastermind. I really sat with it over the weekend. And while I had every intent of playing with that, I really think 12 months is where it's at. Would love to talk to you more about that. Are you interested? Why don't I get them to message me back first to what I said, and then I can hit them with that. How about that? Okay, go see if someone messaged you back. Mm. I just did, and they haven't. I think you're lying to me. I promise. I swear on Bennett. I swear on Bennett. Okay, fine. Mm -hmm. I promise. Okay. I promise. So you will do it later today when someone messages you back, and you will send me a screenshot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I will. I promise. Other thought. People love events. Uh-huh. Should I include one for the 12th month in something like Tampa? And then Bennett can be like the water boy or like <laughs> handout tickets or something. <laughs> he can wear his little uh, bow tie. Yeah, just like something simple, like something easy, like in a ballroom, like or like a conference room, depending on how many people. But if it's like 60 people or whatever, plus we have like millionaire can come. 
because Millionaire VIPs get it for free is kind of what I told them. Like any events I do, you can come. And we sold a couple of those, but that could be something that I do because I just feel like people want the mastermind experience, even if they're not ready for it. So like no accommodation included, but I could do one or two days meeting rooms, include lunches and a snack and coffee. Basically like intentional entrepreneur. Yes, but not that level of like production, like much more low key production budget. And yeah, just a client's only thing for the accelerator people. Yeah, I like that idea. And it could happen in like Yeah, even if it happened, whatever, what are you thinking like summer or fall next year? Yeah. I mean, I think either way, I think I'm fine to do it in something like March or April. Mm-hmm. I could even do it twice a year and they get to take it one a year. I think let's just try it for one. Cause I mean, even if you don't want it to be a big production, it's going to be a big production to a certain extent. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I like that idea. And then you could sell other tickets to it as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then use that to upsell the event mm-hmm. or the program. Sorry. No, I think yes, for sure. I mean, that's what happened at IU Live, right? As so many people that were in whatever it was at the time, Accelerator went into Bali Mastermind. Yeah. So I think a two-day event and give them a ticket to that and do like Q1, Q2. So maybe like May or something, Mm -hmm. June. I love it. Cool. And then I think full price will be like 12K for the year, but Black Friday will do 8K for the year. Okay. Do you agree? Okay, you're saying for Black Friday 8, um, what would the Black Friday monthly be? I don't know. Like 8, 9, 7 a month? Versus? Normal, I think we should do something like anywhere from 997 to 1297. Like I think we can start lower and go higher yeah. as if we get more. Okay, I like that. I think 897 sounds really good for Black Friday. Yeah. And I don't want to start until January, I don't think. Agreed. I think that you can easily add people now. I don't think that would be a a terrible thing. But I think that you are taking on a lot right now. And so if you have to do much more work to add people, then that's where... I know last time you said you didn't feel like it would be that much more work. But if getting into it, you're starting to realize it would be, I think it makes sense to wait. I think you want to feel like you can really deliver on this. Yeah. The only... um, Well, that's not even really an issue. No, I think it's fine. I was going to say the only downside is like, you know, do you want to be on that year to year calendar if we're doing a 12 month program, but it's going to be rolling. So it's really not a thing. Yeah. I mean, I think that we have like some people in Accelerator now who will probably re-sign for it. So like, and their contracts end in like November. So like they can kind of stick in it now, but I think doing the big influx, I mean, maybe big influx can start December 1st, but I don't think before then really. I wouldn't even do the big influx December 1st though, because you know people are kind of traditionally checked out a little bit more that month. And I think you want them to like really get into it and feel like they can ramp up and like see those initial wins and stuff. So if you don't want to do it before December, I would definitely wait till January. Like I would either do it now-ish or January. Does that make sense? Mm Mm-hmm. I think January. I can, in the meantime, give them access to courses, Black Friday boot camp, sales planning workshop, 
vision board party, like they'll have ways to get connected. Okay, good. Mm. Plus I'm going to do applications for it. So then like that gives me time to like process applications and things like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when are we going to start selling it? This week. Okay. Like today. Yep. I don't believe you, but okay. I mean, next week you can either yell at me or you can be happy with me and we'll just have to stay tuned for the next episode. We'll have to roll the dice. I know it. It's crazy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you need to tell Lauren to add an event to the sales page. Yep. Do you want to do that real quick? Yeah, I'm going to pop that. Cool. Done. Okay. So my next question is how do we get you on board with this more? Like, obviously, these are the actions. You got to sell it. You got to get into a Gotta get excited about the event, but like, what do you need to shift in your head? Um, I almost think I need to like not think about it for a second. Agree. I think that would be amazing. Yeah, I think you have to you have to start solving a new problem because like this problem is solved over and over and over, and that's what's making you crazy. So like, what's the next problem that you have to solve that your brain needs to chew on? I mean, legacy maybe is like a bigger problem to solve. I feel like for the most part, I'm like making moves on everything. Yeah. I think legacy is the only thing, but I don't think that's a huge issue. Well, just because I've got like people into minor VIP now. So I don't feel like there's as much of an urgent need for it. Yeah. The other thing is my podcast episode goes out this week talking about like inner circle closing and like floating legacy. So we'll see what bites we get. If we get a ton of people reaching out, then we'll be like, okay, what do we offer them? Or you could decide what you want to do about it. Notice the theme here. Yeah. Whatevs. Come on. No, not here for it. I think I'm just, I'm this close to having inner circle finish. The last group call is October 24th. Mm-hmm. So I just like want to experience that like silence before I make a decision on that. Okay. So here's what I want you to promise me. Yes. You are going to make the decision based on what you want and what feels good and having that space, not on how many people reach out and say they're interested. That seems like a fair deal. Can we shake on that? Okay. I think it's totally fair for you to take that time. What I don't want you to do is then feel like if people reach out that you're pressured to figure it out one way or another, like it's almost irrelevant. Like, you know, that there are people there if you want to sell it, if you don't, that's okay too. Like it, it's all fine. It's just like, I think we're what cycle we don't want to fall into here is the kind of the same one with the accelerator of like asking other people and then feeling like you have to do it based on that. Agreed. Because you have a solid audience. Like you have a great opportunity to make sales. It's not like you have to have that confirmation. What you have to do is be really bought into it. Agreed. Okay, deal. Okay, so what other problem are you going to think about? I mean, what are we going to do with this little brain? Again, with that alcohol jokes, but no. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm doing really well with my email Mm -hmm. newsletter, email marketing. We've got our email open rate up to 55%. So good. Mm. 
which is pretty baller. I feel like we're doing really well with podcasts. Instagram, not so much. So we will be tackling that soon. The content bank will be finished by mid-November and we are officially working on 2019, which I know that sounds far away, but we started posting in 2016. So bear with us. Yeah, I have no problems to solve. Everything is so perfect. I'm the most happy I've ever been. Cheese. Are you being sarcastic? What do you think? No, I'm, I, I don't know. I don't know what problems I have to solve. Well, I think it doesn't have to feel like a problem. I think it might just be like, for example, like thinking about like, what's the launch plan for Accelerator and like, how can we like really ramp that up? What can we like do for messaging? Like stuff like that, that doesn't have to feel like a problem, but it's just like, it's like the next step if we're assuming that Accelerator is done and dusted as it is, right? Well, Rich Witch is tomorrow. Yes. Day one. So I thought that perhaps I could sell it off the back of Rich Witch. Look at that. That was actually Paul's idea. Okay. So why don't we, why don't we talk about yeah. what that looks like? I'm going to tell people to message me and send some emails. And that's the strategy. Literally walk me through it. You're going to tell them to message you what, and then you're going to send them what? I don't know. I'm just going to tell them to send me a message on Instagram, and then I'm going to sell them because selling is easy. Okay. They're going to be like, hi, I want it. I'm like, great. Here you go. Or they're going to be like, hi, I want it, and you're going to ignore all your Instagram messages. So would never do that. I would never do that. That's exactly what you would do. So... Let's let's have a new plan. I'm gonna have an application and I'll drop the application. How about that? I like that way better. All right. And then how about like message me to tell me you applied or something like that, but not message me just without an application. Okay. Drop an application. Fine, fine. Can do, can do. Yep. Fair. And I think we're at almost three thousand. And we're almost 3,000 registered for Rich Witch. We added like 1,500 people to the Facebook group. So that's exciting. So good. And do you also see how that would be crazy to just be like, message me on Insta? I guess. Allegedly. You have 3,000 people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because then you're going to get overwhelmed and yeah. talk to them. Allegedly. Doesn't sound like me at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you have the application ready? Um, no, but I have applications from Millionaire that I'm just going to duplicate. So I'll figure that out pretty easily, I think. Like today? Yeah. No, I have to have it done today. Don't you dare message me tomorrow and say, I didn't get the application done, so I didn't drop it. You want me to pitch day one? Yes. You crazy. You crazy. <laughs> it's not like you're like, here, go buy my shit. You're pitching here, start an application process. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm just checking how many exactly we have in for Rich Witch. Yeah. Almost 3000. So that's exciting. Yeah. That's super exciting and would be so silly not to like capitalize on that. Yep. So we'll do that. And then there's also Black Friday bootcamp that I'm going to have to like low key sell as well. So I'll figure that out. I might sell both because I feel like they're not competing with each other, like a $200 product versus a $10,000 product. Yeah, agree. I mean, I... Unless you disagree. No, I agree. I think it's not a thing at all. But I also think like 
I would almost think about it like mention Black Friday Bootcamp Sell Accelerator because one is going to do a totally different thing for you. So it's like, hey, you can join us for this next thing, but also like here's a full kind of pitch. You know what I mean on Accelerator. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So you're going to get that application ready today. Yes. Yes. Is there anything I can do to help with that? Mm, You can annoy me about it later and make sure I did it and look at the questions. Okay. So something that I think is the truest truth is that action breeds clarity. Like sometimes what gets you on board is just getting out there and selling it. Sometimes we can overthink it to death. We can look for the block or the reason or the challenge or, you know, a way I like to explain it is like dig a dry well. You know what I mean? Like we can keep digging and nothing's there. And like, not that it doesn't ever help us to look at what's behind it, but sometimes what's behind it is just that we're not taking the action, right? Like it's hard to really enjoy selling if you're not out there selling it's hard to get really excited about and on board with a program if you're not out there talking about it right so you know sometimes there's so many deeper layers and it can feel so complicated and sometimes it's just as simple as like do the damn thing right and obviously you know there are different situations and seasons for each but i just want to illustrate here how it really can be that simple where sometimes the way we get on board is just get out there and get on board and that taking the action almost always gives us that excitement and clarity in ways that we could never imagine like i've seen so many clients you know find that where it's like they're looking for like what's the mindset block or what's keeping them stuck or whatever and as soon as they just take the action anyway all of that kind of dissipates so Again, it's not to say that's every time, but there are many cases where sometimes we just need to go out there and take the action. And I think this is totally one of them. Do you feel ready for Rich Rich? What do you need to do for getting prepared for that? I feel ready for that. I've taught these topics before, so I feel good. And I have a witch's hat, so I'll probably wear one tomorrow. Oh my gosh, that's fun. You have to wear one. That's super cute. Mm. Yeah. So no, I feel good about that. I feel like Bonnie should come in a Halloween costume. Yeah, she'll put her Wonder Woman costume on again. I think that would really sell it for you. Did we tell you what we're going to do for Halloween this year? No. Steve Irwin? Oh, you did. Yes. 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 Bonnie's going to be a crocodile and Paul and I are going to be zookeepers. (laughs) That's the best. Crikey. I think I don't know if the kids are going to get it or not, but we'll have fun. You'll get it. That's what matters. Yeah. Okay. Do you feel better or worse? I'm thinking worse is the answer because you're sticking your tongue out. <sighs> Maybe I'm just stretching. <laughs> I feel better. I I feel better. Mm-hmm. I'm just in a big season of change. Mm-hmm. And I get to be a little bitch about it. What are you doing about that? I'm being a little bitch about it this week, but I'm sure next week I'll get on board. Are you doing any mindset work about that? Well, Paul keeps placing fake money around my bedroom. (laughs) So it's a family effort. That doesn't feel like the mindset work I'm talking about. Although I very much like that. And I think that he should keep doing that. Yeah. Um, I'm not being huge on the mindset work at the moment. Because? Because... My house is four floors and it's really hard to get my journal sometimes. I think the answer is because I'm spinning the fuck out over if this program should be six or 12 months instead of just doing mindset work. Yeah, I guess. 
<laughs> and I also know that you have enough journals to be on every floor, so that's not an excuse either. I mean, I'll definitely put in a request with the maid to put them on all floors. Is that Paul? <laughs> no, it's Bonnie. <laughs> I'll ask the housekeeping staff to get on it. Okay. So what, hypothetically speaking, if you were going to do mindset work this week on that, what might you do? The journaling. Mm-hmm. And what might mm-hmm. you journal on? How I want to feel in my business. That would be a good one. I feel like that was a good answer. So yeah. I know how to do this. That would be a great one. It's almost like I do this for a living. It's almost like it. Yeah. What if you actually did that? I will. And then would you give me the answers to that? Yeah. Like you would tell me exactly how you want to feel in your business? If you promise to name your second child after me, then 100%. Okay, done. Fair trade. <laughs> Wait till I tell Kenny. Everyone heard it here. I know. I'm going to be like on recording today. I promise to name <laughs> another child Sabrina. So that's weird, but it's fine. I'm fine with a middle name. Okay, that's fair. Thanks for being generous. Yeah. Always. Yeah, no, I will do the journaling for reals. Okay, there's another thing I need you to do. Okay. And I need you to not eye roll me. Or rather, you can eye roll me, but I need you to do it anyway. Okay. You had a 154K day. What the fuck are you doing? How are you celebrating? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Seems to me like that makes it harder to have more of those because you're like, moving on, 154K day. Well, it is a bit mer when you've been there, done that several times over. That's a pretty big deal regardless. Yeah, I guess. Okay, well, I will do something. Like? Go to Paris. Ooh, really? Or are you just humoring me? Maybe. Next week, I have a week off, so I have been thinking about going somewhere. I like this. Mm-hmm. How can we, how can we move forward with making this happen? I take a plane flight for two hours, and there I am. Mm-hmm. How, how would one get on that plane? Would you book plane tickets like today? They would. They would. Are you writing that as a note, or are you ignoring me and doodling? No, I'm writing book plane tickets with my right hand, not my left hand. Okay. Listen, you don't have like have to go if you don't want to. Yeah, I just don't know if I want to go to Paris or somewhere new. Or what? Or somewhere new. Yeah. Like Portugal or something. I don't yeah. know. I think you get to, and we were talking about this before, but like you get to like be back in the energy of like your setting goals and crushing them. Like if you have the $2 million goal, 154K day gets you much, much closer to that. How do you start like acknowledging, celebrating, feeling that? Like, I think you haven't felt like someone that crushes their goals in a long time because you haven't set them, right? So it's just getting back into that vibe. Mm-hmm. And what did Singapore Sabs do when she hit goals, crushed them? Lit her credit card on fire. (laughs) Okay, well, we don't need to do that, but... (laughs) Like, you just acted like it was true. You lived it up. You enjoyed it. You felt it. You experienced it. Yeah. Yes. You were in the identity of someone who was, like, having this massive success. Now you're, like, 
I have 154 K day and I'm in the identity of someone who like doesn't even notice it. I mean, that's not a bad place. And like, obviously there's value in like not making it a bad, yes. Okay, fine. There's value in not making it like, oh my God. But like, there's also numbness to it. And that's the difference. Yeah. Okay. So I really want to talk about the celebrating versus numbness here. You know, I think sometimes we feel like we're only allowed to celebrate something if it's like something we've never done before, right? Like it has to be like this new goal and this new thing over and over again, or I can't celebrate it. What can happen is that can create some numbness in our business because it feels like we're only allowed to celebrate the new thing instead of like doing something again. And I really, really think that it is so important that we change that narrative because like you don't just get to celebrate your first big launch. You get to celebrate every single fucking big launch ever, but the numbers don't, it doesn't have to be your biggest launch every single time ever to celebrate it. Like it is still an incredible win to get a client, even if you've already gotten clients to have a great launch, even if you've already had great launches, like putting the energy and the credit and the celebration toward that is actually what continues to make business feel really great. Feeling like you can't celebrate those things if you've already done it is actually what makes you start feeling more numb to business. And so, you know, different clients resonate with different ways of framing this, but whether you want to call it credit or celebration or gratitude, it doesn't really matter. But putting that energy toward, fuck yes, I just did something amazing. It doesn't have to be quantified against something else I've done amazing before, but like I just did something amazing and I get to celebrate it and I get to give it credit and I get to express gratitude and all of that is one of the single biggest things that I see change the game in people's businesses because they start being in a state of cultivating that excitement and enjoyment all the time. Like that's when they're lit up, right? When they feel like they can only acknowledge something if they haven't already done it is when business starts to feel either really stressful or a little bit numb. And so this is just your reminder that credit, celebration, gratitude, like all the cheesy eye rolly things are sometimes the most important things in business. And I hope that you give yourself an opportunity to explore that. So what I heard you say is I need to go to Paris and buy another Birkin. Did I get you? <laughs> I can't wait till I get a text message from Paul later. That's like, did you really tell Sabrina that that's what she was supposed to do or no? Yeah. So yeah, that's not quite what I said. I bought three this year. So I think four is like a good whole number. Yeah. That, no, good that, even number. Yeah. That wasn't quite what I said. I think what I said. Mm-hmm. Was mm-hmm. enjoy it, feel it, experience it. I don't know that I said buy a Birkin. I think that sounds like a limiting belief. <laughs> could just could be that I'm not articulating myself quite right here. Listen, I think you totally could do that if you wanted to. You just have to let yourself be the person who goes and does what yeah. she wants. Right now you're like the person who's waiting for other people to like reflect to you what you should do. And so this is like your moment to be like that bitch that just goes and does what she wants. What if that bitch is tired? Does she want to just nap? Like what does she want? I don't know. She does she's not aware of her surroundings. Okay. I think that <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think that you're I mean said with love. You're definitely not like actually tired. You don't work a lot and you get plenty of sleep. Fair. Fair. So what you might just need is a little more 
liveliness in your life, which is kind of what I'm getting at here. I went to see the Book of Mormon over the weekend. Oh, yeah, you did. I did that. And I'm going to see the Joseph Technicolor Dreamcoat one in like two weeks. Okay. And we're going to a rugby game. Oh, so fun. And see, I do things. I like that. And I went to see the Julia Roberts movie over the weekend on Mm -hmm. Saturday or maybe Friday, one of those days. Mm -hmm. So like I do things. Do you get what the difference is that I'm saying though? One is in French and one is in English. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) No, but you know exactly what I'm fucking saying. I'm not saying you don't have a life. I'm just saying like I don't think you're actually exhausted or like sleep deprived when you need nap. No, I know. I think you just need to figure out what excites you right now. Yeah. So if it's Paris, it's Paris. If it's something else, that's fine. But like, you got to live into it. Yeah. Okay. I don't even care if it's just you and Paul going to a nice dinner to celebrate your day. I just care that it's like, you're making it a thing that you're doing these things. Yeah. Yes. I will commemorate the moment in some sort of way. Pinky swear. And you will tell me what that is when? By Friday. Deal. Deal. Okay. Note to self, buy a Bergen. (laughs) I like how my coaching notes are buy stuff. (laughs) So just here to be helpful. So glad, so glad that was your takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. This is why you stayed with me for so long. Uplifted. Yeah. No, I get it. I know I need to make it. Okay. You are going to go sell, sell some shit today. I will sell some shit today. You know you need to what? Make an application. hmm And sell some shit, buy some shit. Journal some shit. Mindset some shit. hmm Yep. Done. Okay. So I will hear from you later today with your application. And perhaps yeah. a picture of a journal page. Yeah. I feel like this podcast is going to be really scary for listeners who are like, what the fuck kind of season is this? They're going to be like, they're assholes to each other, number one. (laughs) Number two, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) Delightful. I'm laughing here because we're like, what the fuck is going on with our coaching, right? But... What I really wanted to say here is that this to me is one of the most valuable things we can show this season is that one, it's nothing like crazy or revolutionary. Like these aren't like, you know, mind bending calls on things that you would never expect. But at the same time, there also is this level of how we operate together might not work for you or, you know, you might not resonate with that the most or like, honestly, I'm sure some of my clients are listening to this being like, oh, that's so funny. I have an entirely different experience and relationship with Lacey than this, right? But the point is when you're in a long-term container and you can really build a unique relationship and really know the person in front of you and really get what works for them, what fits for them, what things you can say or do that really shift things for them, or even like having those kind of like inside jokes and ways you know one another, like that is wildly valuable for being a great mirror for someone. It's wildly valuable for them continuing to grow and expand. And so 
Yes, you totally might be listening to this being like, what the fuck is going on? And also perfect because that is the perfect example of how you would want it to be if you were looking in on a coaching relationship that has been going on for six years. You would want to be like, huh, that's weird, or I wouldn't do it like that, or I don't necessarily get that because it's so unique and personalized. And I think that's what our industry has just gotten so far away from is this idea that like, it depends on the person in front of you and the length of time and the you know container that you've built together. So I hope this just illustrates that. And like, not only is a great case for like why really high level long-term support is so valuable, but also gives you a lot of permission to just be what the client in front of you is going to most, you know, be served by that day. And it's okay if that's different for different clients. In fact, like that, in my opinion, is sometimes the best. Like, I feel like I love that I know my people so well that I know what works for them. And I think that's such a gift. So whether that you are processing that as coach or client, I hope that this is just something that you continue to both laugh at and resonate with and see this season. I kind of can't wait. Mm. Yeah, this is a very different experience. Yeah. Coming soon to a theater near you. <laughs> They're going to be like, wait, was that real or was that a parody? I don't <laughs> Is this scripted? Is this like the hills? <laughs> Boy. Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. I love you. You're doing great. I love you too. I'm doing something. Do you believe you're doing great? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Paul puts money all over my house and tells me I'm a witch and I have complete and total control over his life. I'm thriving. Living your best life. Go be that. Go be that rich witch. Yeah, I will. Okay, I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to Literally. I am forever grateful to you for being part of our journey and spending your time with us each week. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking a reviewer to give my MSC bundle to as a thank you for listening. This bundle combines trainings and workbooks that walk you through a condensed version of the work I do with my one-on-one clients through my mindset strategy and execution framework. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living lit up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. And if you want more tips and strategies for growing and scaling your own business, but are short on time, then you are going to want to opt into my private podcast feed, Back Pocket Business Mentor. You'll get immediate access to a private podcast feed full of tons of three minute episodes where I talk about everything from how to pick a strategy and business model that works for you to how to show up online as an expert and increase your conversions. Just go to a forward slash back pocket to dive in.